Hello, everybody. This is your host, Ken Boone, with Whiskey Wednesday. Thank you for tuning in and checking out these amazing interviews. On occasion, you may notice that these are originally formatted and uploaded on YouTube. You may hear an occasional swish, a different sound referencing some type of visual. So I apologize in advance, but we do record to YouTube and then upload to podcast. So if you guys would like to check out the visual side of the podcast, please feel free to go to YouTube and search Ken Boone Whiskey. Thank you so much for tuning in. And again, thank you for your support. Good evening, everybody. This is uh, Ken Boone with Whiskey Wednesday Weekly. Uh, tonight we have a unique guest, uh, one that I met at a, just a casual bar setting down in downtown San Diego, Shane Lundy. Uh, Shane is, uh, I'll actually, I, I, I'll butcher his title. So tell me again what you do for a living. Oh, I work for a company called Client Point. Uh, I head up their uh, strategy as well as their uh, revenue. And it's, okay affected what I've been doing uh, for the majority of my career. But you mentioned it's like internet and, and disruptive space and Yeah, like yeah, that. this company specifically is in uh, what a lot of people look at as like sales enablement, um, but you know, the whole world of SaaS, okay. software as a solution. Okay. Most people, I, for those that maybe aren't as familiar with, you know, the software space, you might have heard of companies like, you know, Salesforce, yeah. and others like Zoom, of course, okay. that went meteoric during uh, the pandemic. pandemic. Yeah. So all of those are solutions that really help sales and marketing teams right, right. Uh, more effectively communicate with the, the relationships that are most important to them. Okay. And so we're, uh, we like to consider ourselves as a, a very disruptive citizen mm -hmm. to uh, that space by, you know, yeah, but in this, as you get to know me a little bit, you know, you'll, you'll learn a little bit from a philosophical perspective sure, about sure. Um, how I think about business, and um, and you ultimately you're really looking for a solution to a real problem. Got it. And so that's a, something we'll probably want to dive into a little bit more about uh, after we have our at least our first sip of sure, uh, sure, sure. bourbon here. But that's that's probably a long enough intro on me. Yeah, that's cool, cool. Uh, so you guys, as you know, I ask that you guys would like, subscribe, uh, follow the show. Um, you know, Shane, I think, is going to offer a little bit different. As I said, we've never had anyone of your, you know, uh, unique talents or of career status. Okay. I, I've never had any, actually anyone duplicate whether it's a career or their life story. Okay. Uh, I've had breast cancer survivors and, and pro baseball coaches and, oh, and, very cool. and, and musicians and bourbon makers. But, you know, every time I, I don't even try. Like next time I'm going to have a comedian in a couple of weeks. So it's like mm. unusual how I meet all these different people and no one's kind of crossed paths yet as far as what they do yeah. because everyone has their own story. Uh, so that being said, um, tonight we're just going to focus on four whiskeys. We're at uh, Shane's downtown 17th floor overlooking Petco Park. I mean, not to, uh, you know, toot his own horn, but it's an amazing place. The view, which you saw as the opening. Um, that's kind of what he's looking at every day outside his, uh, when he just works. I mean, if you see his little station over here, he's like, oh, I'll just see the amazing uh, Bay of San Diego and the buildings around me. Uh, so it's definitely a great uh, atmosphere to have, I guess, if you're during the pandemic. Yeah. So we'll get kind of right into it a little bit. Um, you know, I obviously, as I, as I interview guests, we talk a little bit about your story. Um, so we'll try to dive into a little bit about who you are versus what you currently do, even though it's super interesting. We want to kind of know what made you know, you get to where you are today, right? Yeah. So that being said, we will start the show off. So tell me a little bit about real quick. Tell us first, like, where were you from? Where were you born? And just kind of a, a couple minutes of that first before we do our first shot. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, people ask ask me that a lot. So just to give context, so I'll do a quick little microwave tour, if sure, you will, sure. from born to where I am now. Okay. So, it just it looks like a bow tie so if you start down in uh in florida okay the deep south ocala and and move from there of course way before i had any control of my life but uh move from there to mississippi to spend a little bit of time in new orleans louisiana as a kid okay but primarily settled in lake charles and okay. i still have family in lake charles and it's where i went to high school okay and, and as the majority of your kind of and growing up years, you know yes. my misspent youth okay. i would say <laughs> right. you know where where i got um, how might you say, as everybody grows up in, we're all victims of, of bias that is taught based on where you're born and where you grow up. And right. so Deep South bias is, is, of course, a very interesting perspective on life. Right. Um, one that I very quickly did not really associate <laughs> with very well because, uh, you know, I was more, you know, into the arts and, and more into diversity and, you know, really 
uh, was very curious about um, you know science. And, okay. Uh, so that was uh, that that was where you know a big portion of my life was spent. But my motivation uh, was to find okay. you know what I consider to be evolved humans. Okay. Uh, <laughs> they weren't there. Is what you're saying. They, well, there was there was a lot of reasons why uh, evolution was being uh, restricted, <laughs> uh, uh, and so you know I journeyed to uh, uh, through a variety of different uh, uh, happenstances with a. Uh, and we'll get into those yeah, individual stories and, for sure because I want to hear sure. about those amazing stories. Yeah. And so just uh, you know, I ended up in uh, uh, through Wyoming and to Seattle for about 13 years. Okay. Which, it was a bit more of about the uh, forehands and backhands, and then found my way to uh, D.C. for another 13 years. Something about the 13-year wow. time frame there. Interesting. Uh, I'm not sure what that's about. Um, but because uh, I did move to Lake Charles whenever I was when you were six years. Oh. No, when I was six years old, but I left at 19. Oh, I got gotcha. And so when you do the 13, math up, yeah. uh, we'll, we'll see if anybody in the audience can guess how old I am. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, this guy's like 170 years old. <laughs> seven 13-year uh, tours, right? There you go, yeah. exactly. You look and good so, for 87. Oh, yeah, thank you, yeah. thank you. Must be the bourbon, um, and then a little bit of time in uh, in, in Silicon Valley, okay. and that was work related. Uh, moved there, and then had the opportunity to move down to San Diego, and, and took that opportunity. And, sure, sure. And but most recently, in this building where I'm at now, is only um, in my third month. And oh wow! So I've watched more baseball in the last three months than I've watched in my entire, <laughs> in entire career, right? Life. That's it's, awesome. It was, uh, yeah. So anyway, and you've that's, heard more than even that. Oh you, yeah, yeah. You, you don't can't, have to watch it all. No, you, you can't just, get, you away can't get away from it. No, we, yeah. we just heard the. You know, I heard the the, the intro because they they practice the right, right. Star Spangled Banner every day, and the, and the people who are listening are really not that generous. Yeah, yeah. When they when it's the practice, right? They'll really <laughs> let you know if you if you butcher it. Uh, um, and that's uh, a so, great perspective. I never even thought about if you because we were like, well, we'd love to live down here, which we would because we're huge Padres. Right, fans. right. That's why we got the SD stuff on tonight. But it's funny because like you said, you wouldn't you wouldn't realize that every night you're like. Oh my God! Do I need to hear someone rehearsing "Star Spangled Banner" another a moment, right? Right, right. And then hear it for the final time when the actual game starts. So that's like that's yeah. Awesome. And then I'm sure the monster trucks are really going to be, you know, just, yeah. You know, those are. We've come like five or six years, so it's, right. it's, you're going to love that night for sure, yes. or two or three nights. But uh, what we'll start out with uh, is a quick shot. Okay. And then we'll kind of get into more of the, we'll unravel the bow tie, if you will. Oh, okay, okay? cool. Because I really want to talk a little bit about what some of those things are, because that really is who, what makes us who we are. Those yeah. things that you've done and those journeys that you've taken, other than your brain and your intelligence and things like that. So we're going to crack open the first one. This will be the Basil Hayden Dark Rye, which I've never had on the show. Um, it's mm. actually one of our favorites quickly. Um, my wife and I um, actually tried this out about a month ago at a local place called Holiday Wine Cellar. Sorry about that. Oh, that's okay. Um, in Escondido. And we did a tasting, and there was three different ones, and this dark mm. rye just seemed to be, it's got a cherry finish. I think mm. you, have you ever had this particular one? No, I have not. I but think you can actually almost see it. It's like that cherry hue yes. down at the bottom. And it tastes right? a little bit like it, even though it's not, you know, based mm. on a cherry flavor. I think you'll enjoy it. So here we go. Mm. Cheers. Cheers, Salute. brother. And it's good neat. You'll, you'll be surprised, yeah. got a little bit of a, a bite like burn but it's not overwhelming it's actually smooth right it's on the south side of listerine for burn though <laughs> i mean but far more delicious right yes, I mean, yes. I mean, you're talking about the burn yeah exactly yeah. the burn not the yeah, flavor yeah, yeah. This is fantastic. it's a super good but i see what you mean <laughs> exactly, i like that right? i've never and you know what it's not even a thing because i realized it's not even a problem because a lot of people realize that, that there is a burn to bourbon or whiskeys and stuff and right it's just a reality that to some of these that actually have a finish that takes your throat away a little bit and but I, you weren't gagging or you know you were like no, wow, that was no good. not at all yeah. it's kind of like the terrifying thing you know the first time you have like a mouthwash right <laughs> it burns you're going is it right. ever Ever gonna stop? It ever gonna stop? How yeah. how hot does it? Same thing with like an alcohol when you know it has like a there's a, a softness to the sure. and these are always so soft. Correct. You're I, supposed to actually, and I think I've had a basil like, Hayden before, but not not this the dark one. rye. Yeah, that yeah, it's really really delicious. Mm. Mm. So let's go back while we're drinking a little bit of the uh, the whiskey in between. Mm. So take me back to when you were a kid. I think mm. you had mentioned you were you were into tennis at a young yeah. age, correct? Very young age. So did, you had mentioned something about uh, stringing and, and you know like helping kids and things. Yeah. Did you have a passion for that, or was it just like that was your job at fifteen oh. years old? Oh, yeah. See, actually, I didn't want to work as a kid. And okay. I, did, I didn't need to uh, while my father was alive. And okay. That was the, the transformative sure, thing that sure. happened. We'll definitely where, hit on that. Yeah. 
um, to where you go from where you don't need to. And I was playing tennis to play it because I wanted to compete. Okay. Um, but then I needed to play it so that I could actually continue to play at the racket club or really? teach and, and work. Oh, okay. Because uh, it was a pretty, uh, pretty, uh, you know, traumatizing yeah, yeah, time. Yeah, of course. But um, so, yeah, so that was part of the the career. Was, I'm not going to stop him because of the story. But the timeline we're talking about. Mm. So you had mentioned at the racket club. Yes. And that was in Louisiana, correct? Yes, Lake Charles. So, but you also mentioned your father passed away in Wyoming. No, my father passed away at uh, the age of 15 in Lake Charles. Okay. But now my mom, bless her heart, um, she is a very gregarious woman, and and just like me, I've I've been married before, but I you know still seeking somebody to be with. Is you know she just says us Mondays can't be alone. Got it. Okay. And so she's been uh, married, um, and she's been widowed three times. Okay. Uh, bless her heart. She's and I've loved all of my fathers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. And okay. So, but she's married to a, a great guy, Bob. Now. Okay. And they're super. Yeah, it's happy. just been unfortunate. It's not like she. Yes. Yeah, she's been widowed. Yeah. But okay. she's she's had. And she's continues to have a very long and uh, healthy life. And okay. uh, her and Bob are just having a blast. Good for her. Good yeah, for her. Yeah. So then you're saying that your father passed away while you were in Louisiana. In Louisiana, Okay. Yes. And then that's when you started the transition to needing to work. Needing to work. And now, yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and that's where, you know, actually, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting that we're doing this over this, right, is that that's where, you know, my mom was very dependent on my father. Right? Got it. And so she definitely had trouble with. The alcohol and drugs, and she won't mind me talking about this. Sure, she's, sure. She's been a recovered alcoholic for. It's a real struggle. Oh, it's a real struggle. Got and, it. Uh, but that's really what kind of saved her was uh, my second father, uh, was Ron Jelmstead, a uh, wonderful Swedish man that uh, she met in Lake Charles okay. when she was going through. Uh, chemical dependency and there's Bella. I think Bella might join us. On yeah, no, we it, have five cats, so don't worry about it. Bella does not. I don't think she's a bourbon fan. Bella, <laughs> no. All right, yeah, she's she, not. She into already it. walked away quickly. But, yeah, she, she she might be eye, eyeballing the door here. So, uh, but uh, so so she really uh, was you know saved by by Ron. But the the story of how I moved from Louisiana to Wyoming. Okay. Was that he got an offer to run the chemical dependency unit in Wyoming? Got it. This is offer, Ron. Yes, an offer to marry my mom, and I said yes, and um, all of us said yes. Cause he's a great man. Right. So she moved there, and I stayed behind in Louisiana trying to take care of myself as sure. a senior in high school. Okay, you were still in high school. Oh, got yeah, it. yeah, senior in high school, and trying to get into college. Which you know, I say, you know, I say, where'd you go to college? I said, well. My brain attempted to go to McNeese State, okay. right? A couple years. Okay. But I found my liver was getting a PhD at, at LSU, right? Just because I was kind of lost. I was going to. No, you, going said, to, you know, said like he was like spotty at best, right? Yeah, I was yeah, spotty yeah, at yeah, best. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, I was I was focused on what I wanted to do, but just you know, not you know, in the process because you know it was just yeah, I was lost, just you know, kind of on your own, right? Yeah. Thinking I could do this, but really I couldn't. And my mom, you know, she was needing help, and so didn't burden them but you know they they noticed i was struggling after a couple of years and sent me a little olive branch which i took which, yeah of course which was really great so i got a chance to live with ron and my mom at a, a happier part of their their life before he passed away okay um uh, for about a year and a half but it also let me get my feet on the ground sure and, and this so, is in wyoming now in wyoming okay. and that's where i really got back into the tennis uh, uh career if okay. you will and started to get back to where i wanted to compete and play again now, how old were you at this time? Uh, now I'm uh, 19 years old, 19 and a half, and uh, in the frozen tundra of uh, of Casper, Wyoming. Never okay. skied before. S saw very little snow, so took advantage of the opportunity. Learned how to ski. Went to Casper Community College. Halfway, <laughs> right? Another uh, college. Another college, right? I, I think you know maybe the uh, the uh, we were having too much fun on the ski slopes at that point in time. And again, just back to playing tennis again and being a kid. Okay. And that that felt cool, but um, then the the transition from uh, from Wyoming was just opportunistic and kind of silly, which is the four hundred you know four hundred cc Yamaha. Right, story, right, right, right. Now talk a little bit about that. What do you mean by that? Yeah, so it was <laughs> um, it, now feet are on the ground. I've got a job, doing well. Played in the uh, the Wyoming State Open. Um, it was a professional men's tournament, so sure. won that and. Um, and got beat a guy who was working in Seattle, Washington, or Tacoma, Washington. And he goes, well, I'm working out in, in, um, in Tacoma, and we need somebody to run our junior tennis program. Oh, okay. 19, not that, you know, 
that sounded like a job offer to me. A man, correct? He was a man at this point. Oh like, no, he was he was maybe three years older now. Oh, okay. Yeah, not, yeah. But he had this this program or whatever well, yeah, he was he, working with. Yeah. Well, yeah, he was there, and, and then his the guy he was working with, um, uh, Dave Dixon, dear friend of mine. Um, yeah, so uh, still good buddies with uh, with those characters, some of my longest time <laughs> friends. But yeah, so we had we had a blast, and but I, I got jumped on my motorcycle. I thought it sounded like a job offer to me, right? And so you know, nineteen <laughs> you know, years like, <laughs> like, like a chopper. Yeah, so I, I you know, Wilson tennis bag, yeah. couple rackets, got my basket of balls right. in You're the like, back. This sounds like tennis career to me. Yeah, I, I stuck literally a couple boxes in the UPS right. and sent them to Dave Dixon's house, who I'd never met. Um, <laughs> Who never offered me the job. Right, right? or never offered you to ship or stuff no, to his house. Oh, no, no, not, none of that. And so so I showed up, and uh, so Jason was, hey, man, uh, I took your boxes, I got them back here, and I said, awesome, so uh, where's the club? Right. You know, I want to go I want to go get started. And uh, so Dave goes, well, yeah, well, you're definitely interviewing for this position. I said, great, I'm here for the interview. Right, right. And uh, he goes, well, where are you staying? I said, I haven't figured that one out yet. <laughs> But it's all good. I'm only 19. He goes, no matter, he goes yeah. right there on the couch. Just oh, perfect. Nice so, yeah. Oh, they were great. So yeah. we, we had a blast that night, got to know each other. And then the next day, it, I was in the tennis industry in uh, the, the Tacoma area, okay. officially full time. Which, no uh, offense to Wyoming, but I'm sure the scene was a little bit better in Tacoma. It, it was a nice upgrade. Yeah, okay. it was a big club. Yeah. And it was an interesting club, Sprinker Recreation Center, because <laughs> that's where the, uh, the ladies. Um, Olympic ice skating team would practice. Okay. It's where the Thunderbirds would practice, okay. too. Right. It's like, for me, I hate hockey. hockey. Ice skate. Oh, hockey. Hockey. Okay. I got yeah. into hockey, yeah. right? Okay. It's the first time I really watched hockey. Is right. those, those amateur hockey players, they beat the hell out of They're each other insane, trying to get into right? the pros. Yeah, exactly. 17, 18. I could relate to them, right? right? It's like, so you had the girls in there who were skating who were vicious. Right. They they beat the hell out of the hockey guys. Yeah, and yeah. Those, they would skate circles around the, the, uh, the, the hockey players, but... It was just fun to, to be in that environment, uh, leaving and seeing it in just the cultural diversity okay. at that place right. compared to what I saw in sure. Louisiana. It was, you know, in one day it was, it was day more than night. a lifetime. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, a little bit of how we got to uh, the Seattle area and the tennis industry. and uh, But I stayed in that area through... Uh, 13 th years. <laughs> 13 years and, and until I was 30 years old. <laughs> And bounced around from a couple different clubs and kept building my, um, moving up in the different uh, positions. You know, you start kind of as an assistant. And that was as a company? Uh, or was yeah. as a club? Yeah, so I worked for a club initially as like, you kind of go on as like a, a either a 1099 or gotcha. independent contractor. Okay. And so you learn how to run your own business, pay your own taxes. Got and it. Do that stuff at a very early age. Right. Um, and so then I eventually, that kind of grew into my own company to where I'd take over running a tennis facility, oh, okay. but I'd also contract with the city and run some of their city programs. Very cool. So I'd contract with the, uh, the, the, the college so mm -hmm. that all the students that were on the, the college team, sure. on the tennis team, they would have a tennis coaching job okay. uh, so that they didn't have to go flip burgers and do other jobs. Got it, got it. And, and this was your business. This was my business. And so I did that Very in the uh, cool. Northwest for about uh, 13 years. Yeah. And then met, um, Met an interesting group of characters in the uh, the late '90s that were um, in a mature company at the time, Microsoft, okay. and then some emerging companies, uh, Amazon, mm -hmm. and many of the others out of that area, like Real Networks and some of the internet darlings sure, that sure. are now just you know juggernauts out yeah, there. Yeah, right today. before 2000. Yeah, that was early. Okay. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And so I was working at this club, and so we had so many members from there. I was actually using email back in 1995 okay. to help organize all of my classes. And sure. So I was very intrigued with the internet very right. early on. Right. And then I met this one guy who worked for a company called Microvision that really blew my mind. And they were the ones that uh, invented virtual reality. And I remember Microvision to be out honest. of yeah. University of Washington. Okay. And, and it just, and this is like, you know, 98, right when they went public, right? Right. And it just absolutely said, you know, tennis is really cool, but I gotta, I gotta go be in this crazy little world sure. of technology. Right. So very quickly found a way to transition and worked with actually one of my uh, uh, students who was an adult student who was in the internet, mm -hmm. and I had an idea for uh, how we could use the internet to provide um, better insurance coverage to 
all of these boys and girls clubs and AAU and and these others that were really in a liability pinch. Kind of things that you're working with, but you kind of merged the two together. You thought correct. It was like yeah. You need volunteer coaches, but volunteer coaches, they're only covered if they actually went to Correct. the class. But right. they only had 30% attendance of the class. And so the insurance company is charging AEU, how much? 100%. Okay. But they would deny all the claims if Got there it. was an issue because why? Because they didn't show they didn't up. Have it so yet. all I did is I used Microsoft's first learning management system did a license with it, mm -hmm. packaged it up and created a program, hmm. did a separate deal with an insurance company and said, hey, if, because right now this this policy over here, they've, right. got a, they've got a monopoly on it. Right. I said, will you underwrite all the coaches that do the online training? Okay. Because their primary insurance company said, no, we're not going to do okay. that. Okay. They saw it as a, wait, why do we want to increase our liability right. and our cost structure? So we found a competitor. So very quickly we got a pretty neat little business. Nice. Um, and so that was kind of my introduction into how you can leverage the internet in ways that were somewhat of a mainstream okay. solution, right? Most right. people don't realize that the first uh, online transaction where, you know, somebody was actually ordering something okay. online was Pizza. Okay. Right? It was it was a, it was a, it was it was Pizza Hut. Right. They ran an they ran an ad yeah. on Prodigy. Right. You know, somebody in New York clicked it and right. they, they said Oh, I can order my pizza right here, and right, then, then right. the next thing they know, they ordered a pizza. That's freaking awesome, dude. So those those fun little moments in history, I love to kind of always try to reflect on those because they're really pivotal. Um, and it's uh, anyway, we can get really nerdy and go way back in history and start yeah, talking yeah, yeah, about yeah, yeah. ARPANET and those fun things. But you you guide us in where we need to go because yeah, absolutely. Well, we're gonna I, do, I think you I'm need behind. to finish that. Okay, you got to keep me we're on track do your here. Hirsch here next. Ooh, yeah, that's a new one. Yeah, this is one honestly I've never even heard of and that's pretty bad or pretty that's saying a lot because i have had about 45 bottles at one time and uh sean and sean shane that's shane. okay i respond no, no no i'm sorry shane ended up saying hey i'll get a couple bottles and he found a local liquor store here right and yes. the guy said i'm excited for you to try this because it's actually a good value bottle price but it's extremely highly i guess good whiskey yeah Let's give it a try. Okay. Let's see. I'm excited if the about it. Now, let's see. We got to test the legs. So it's a straight bourbon whiskey, by the way, guys. Let's see. Oh, it of, smells mm, good. What do you yeah. think? Kind of nodey getting in there. I'm getting a little bit more orange. A little less cherry than Definitely that. Definitely no bit. burn down here. It comes up through the nose. If you know, tell me if you get that. If it comes up through the nose a little bit more. No oh, wow. throat yeah. at all, but it comes up here, Yeah, right? it's really soft on the... The on last the one throat. was a little harder on the throat. throat. Soft this on one the comes up the nose, yeah. But it's super delicious. Wow. I, I agree with the orange, for sure. Hmm. What else you got in there? Hmm? Oh, my wife wants to taste Oh, yeah, you got to try that one out. She's sitting on the side. <laughs> oh. Can I let her out? Yeah, of course. If that's where she's allowed to go. Oh, yes. Oh, well. She's pacing. Oh, we have a little cat that needs a break, but it's Bella. fine. It's, on, it's part of the show. But what's interesting about this whiskey is it's super clean, I thought. It was really good. Well it's done. It's really nice. Do you like it? And in case you guys heard, like, oh, kind of uh, train and, and, and noises in the background again, that was with the door shut. It's just, you're right downtown. It's definitely, you know, got some noise. Here she is. Oh, there she is. <laughs> oh, no, she's, she's fine. She's not having it. She's mad now. She's so, all good. Uh, we'll she, probably... might have, she might have used the human bathroom. Oh, she doesn't. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. That would be pretty cool, though, wouldn't it? Yeah. Really? Well, no, she'd probably just go in there and drink, which is really gross. <laughs> well, we are to do that, that's for sure. <laughs> you got to well, We're going on a whole different level with the cat <laughs> Yes, show. we are. But I do, I do, for you to summarize that, it's kind of interesting because I'm not, you know, I mean, obviously, I'm a huge internet guy. We use the internet, you know, my whole sales job and all that stuff. But I've never been able to understand how people, I wish I was at the ground floor of all that stuff, right? Like, the first to buy Amazon, the first to buy all that stuff and even be in it, you know, back before yeah. it was even a stock. So now it explains why you're living on the 17th floor of the legend. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, yeah, I, yeah, actually I'm just a terrible investor because I should be, the time that be I was- as wealthy as shit is what I should have been doing much better. I mean, it, it's because of my horrible upbringing. I'm still <laughs> blaming my mother. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, no, she's yeah, beautiful yeah, lady. But it's um, funny. You're like, damn, I wish I would have actually bought those back then. You just were working for them probably back Yeah, then. I mean, I, I was thinking, and, and I actually told a few of them because I've, I've recently run into them. I said, you know, I've thought about this often that if you would have paid me in stock. <laughs> yeah. 
instead of you know the hundred bucks an hour you were paying me to teach right, your right, kids. Right. Right. Yeah. And um, yeah, and I said, is there any way you'd be willing to retroactive that? I'd be willing to give you all the money back you gave me. Right. Yes, all yeah, the thousands. Absolutely. Yeah. Just issue me. <laughs> that retroactive yeah, value yeah. of stock. But then again, yeah. hundred bucks an hour as a young man wasn't that bad either. No, no, that you was just, fine. It was just the vision. You didn't, I mean, the, you know, it's all looking back, right? We all yeah, do, Yeah, right? you know, you, you started to, and that was really where I started to think differently about it is um, you started to to take a look at less, it's less about what you can do for yourself. Right, right. right. The, the old J. Paul Getty, I'd rather have sure. one percent of a hundred people's efforts than a hundred percent of my, of my own. own. Yeah. Read that book. A few now, times. if you do that times a thousand, right. now you have you know ten times your own efforts. Absolutely, you haven't done a thing other than <laughs> organize the ability to get those people organized, which usually takes a hundred percent of your time. Of course, yeah. So the um, that's what I, I find is so transformative about the organizing power of technology is that one can now. I mean, you see it. I mean. Yes. You can organize and, and control an entire planet. But the thing is, technology. you wouldn't have, there's no way you could have seen that. I mean, that's a whole different ballgame to know what, what, yeah. what you would have seen 20 years from now. You know, like, I know you think you could have, but it's hard to imagine what that was going to be like now, today, with all the technologies that you've even helped yeah. develop, you know, it's or been a part of. Yeah. The, to the imagination and uh, the power of prediction. Yeah. Right? Um, and I, uh, it's a, it's a fun, that's a fun little thought experiment to also go down and, uh, this little rabbit hole, which is, uh, I would challenge you that your art of prediction and power of prediction is very, very astute to where mm. 20 years for you is simple. Okay. And what I say is that, the reason I say it is that, um, I mean, the reason we're here, right, right. we predicted how long ago that this was going to happen. Right, right. right. And, and sure, we had to do things to make it happen. So 20 years from now, where you're going to be? Well, you're going to be 20 years older. Right. There's a couple outcomes, right? You're yeah. dead or not. I'll still uh, look the same though. Right, of course you're gonna be equally as handsome, I'll no gray hair, right? You know, it's, I'm trying to grow mine out a little bit. You know, it's, I'm thinking I might have a couple more shots at it. Um, but yeah, yeah it's um, yeah, it's gonna be an interesting 20 years, and have a few perspectives on on the different uh, directions that all of these emerging technologies and why they're emerging, right. the rate in which they're emerging, which appears to be that they're separate. Okay. But they're not. There's there's an interconnected relationship between them that starts to represent um, more of a human design as opposed to an electronic design. Right. Which is ultimately where technology will go. Where Correct. It'll be more seamless than than disaggregated as we experience right, it now. Right. It's like, hey, we're going to put this technology in place to solve this one little problem, but it's not really connected to anything else. Of course. And so it's like all these disconnected blocks that are like popping up like stars in a in a in a newly born galaxy. Sure. Sure. But what do they have in common? Right, right. They're kind of in an equal stage of evolution that it's unreal. eventually, as Kurzweil predicted, mm -hmm. um, that they will all eventually cross paths and they become interdependent. And that's where you start to see, you know, where, you know, Moore's Law, which is uh, interesting of prediction, right? Because right. he was able to predict, um, you know, the computational power and processing power, which is what transformed Intel right. and the whole revolution of Silicon Valley um, long before we figured out how to monetize uh, via the internet um, back in the days of ARPANET. You start really going back. Way going, way going right, beyond, beyond you me. Know, which is fun, you know, because if you really get these, these are fun stories for, for those on the audience. It, you know, if you get this right, what was the first transaction uh, that was ever made? And the transaction, which is where two legal, two entities had agreed to one person had something myself. and the other person had something and they communicated across this thing uh, that was called ARPANET, right. uh, which was the project between MIT and Stanford. Yeah. And it was it was a military defense project. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna Why? say it wasn't the military. Why did they do that, right? Because we were vulnerable. Right. Right. If if somebody came to the United States and they cut our cable, mm -hmm. which is a one way communication oh, yeah, system. We'd be screwed. We were screwed. And so most of us even even Young propeller heads have heard of the word router. Okay. All a router is is it says broken connection reroute. Okay. That's all ARPANET was was okay. a connection of routers. So it didn't matter where you cut it, it would always find a way home. Okay. And so they were trying to figure out how how stable it was and then what they could start using it for. And so the kids who were working on the project in, at uh, MIT ran out of pot. And so they sent a request over to Stanford, who had plenty. Right. And they agreed to send it, and they it sent it via the mail. Weird. And that was the first 
illegal transaction, <laughs> and actually transaction that was conducted over an IP-connected protocol that was routed many a times right, across right, ARPANET. Right. It was being stress test. Could they actually get their order through? Mm. And they got it through. My mind is smoking right now. And not we, by Almost the way. as good as this. <laughs> it's just blowing my mind. This but I good. love it because I love, like, that's, like, stuff I don't understand. And that's why this show is what it is. Like, because now I've learned, like, different things that I would never picked up on. So we're going to kind of go a different route. Okay. Uh, and not in a bad way. But I want to hear, so after uh, the tennis, yeah. right, and you decided to then work for or decide to do this email interaction slash internet slash insurance, the internet right? space, yeah. You said you went to Silicon Valley. Was that part of this or did mm -hmm. you move? No, there was a few hops after that. Okay. That was a... That one was my first startup that I got involved with. And so talk a little bit about Washington and, and how you moved away from that. Yeah, I had to get. I got to get to Washington first. So okay. I'm still in Seattle I'm working. Sorry. For, I yeah, yeah, say, no, I meant no, to you're say good. Seattle. I, mean, I was saying Seattle, Washington. Seattle, Washington, Washington D.C. Yes. Yeah, no, no. Sorry. I get them confused all the time yeah, as well. Yeah. One's a state, one's not. You know. Yeah. It's a weird place. You ever been to D.C.? Yeah, we, I'm from East Maryland. Okay, there you yeah. go. That's right. That's right, Maryland. Um, and so, yeah, so in Seattle. Um, I got out of the tennis industry, started working in the internet space, and, and ended up creating um, one of the products was competitive to a company that was out in D.C. Okay. And that company is now known as, as Earth Networks, but it was actually a sporting product. Online. Obviously something's happening with the Padres. Cause yes, because they're scoring. Yeah, yeah. And so it was, it, was, it, was that, it was at the early stages of the internet, again, where, okay, you got all these amateur sports scores. Where do you, can you publish them once okay. and just push them everywhere across the internet? And you said sports? Sports, okay. amateur sports. Oh, okay. And so we built an application to do that. All right. And so we ended up competing against this company that was in DC, who ended up hiring me later to come run uh, their business development. Okay. We had a, uh, and this is really the, the company that, that really helped me kind of find my footing from a career perspective is that when we launched this uh, desktop application mm -hmm. called Weatherbug. Yes. Um, and that was a weather-based application. Right. And so with that one. For you younger people, you don't know Weatherbug. That was my wife's favorite app at one time. Huge, huge desktop, like Weatherbug. She checked it all the time. Mine. It's funny. Mom's. Yours originally. Mom's. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was it. That one thing went, that one went crazy because the, the utility of it was very straightforward, okay. right? We're gonna put the temperature next to the clock. And right. it turned out that people were using the internet. The first thing they'd always check? Weather. Perfect. Yeah. And so we did a deal with all of the OEMs. I got 100% on that quiz, didn't I? You're 100% so far, right? Number two is? <laughs> uh, porn, unfortunately. Uh, then, <laughs> but at least weather's still out. ahead, yeah. right? Uh, and so, you know, it was, it was, we were able to create a utility that all the OEMs mm -hmm. Uh, were motivated to install. We don't have to get into the tactics that right. we used to motivate yeah, them. Don't. Um, but it, it, we basically privatized the emergency broadcasting system for oh, the really? internet. Nice. And not only that, we had privatized the environmental monitoring of the planet okay. uh, by using our own proprietary um, weather monitoring uh, stations. Okay. That were real-time sensors that would measure all kinds of uh, weather data that you experience every day today. Sure. So. And that, this is in D.C. at the time? That's That was in D.C. Okay. And that's where I was working for them. I worked for them for a long time. Still good friends with the uh, uh, company. And we actually, they're, they're still investors in one of my uh, companies that I'm still the chairman of. So, Got it. Um, deep relationships there. But um, they had this really cool asset, though, um, which really kind of gets into what I try to do for, for a living, uh, which is to identify companies uh, that have really neat under-leveraged assets. Okay. That are disruptive all right that create unique value and so what they figured out is how to measure weather in real time at a more granular level instead of measuring it once an hour from an airport okay and then the business applications for that are it, it's become a ubiquitous data set so okay you literally if you consume data if you ever look at weather data you're using weather at some some point it's sure. been touched by earth networks of course. And so that was a really cool Arrived, but what came out of that was a lot of um, innovation in the advertising technology space, in the environmental sciences space, in GIS, global information systems space, um, in the user-generated content space. Social media was like blowing up and going right, like right. crazy. The casual gaming space, 
Uh, if you ever want to play a really fun game, uh, play Tornado Jockey. Uh, it's one of my brainchild, and I convinced Earth Networks to give me a quarter million dollars to build this game, and it actually allows you to drive a tornado and blow shit up. Really? It's fantastic. That's awesome. A you know we're about to interest. do another whiskey, by the way. Am I not so keeping you... up? This is a really solid one, though. <laughs> yeah, one yeah. You better knock that back, because we have two more to do. Mm. <laughs> Which reminds me, we're probably going to pour the third <laughs> that you just drank that. Well, you said I got to knock it back. <laughs> right, because we have to... Hey, the good thing is we're in, in Shane's house. So this one next is the Evan oh. Williams. Now, again, I'm not, like, most of the time on the show, I don't have usually your your lower end. You know, I mean, I have a couple... No offense to Evan Williams, oh, no. but but the bottle and barrel is They deserve is all the offense <laughs> that you're going to send them for their, for their normal, but not the bottle... Not the bottle and barrel. Bottle and bond, excuse me. It's actually yes. a special bottle. You don't see bottle and bond a lot. There's an actual lot of rights to it. It has to be in the barrel at a certain amount of time. Certain barrels, never change barrels. It's a whole mm. different thing. So for them to have a bottle and bond... Yeah, it's 100 proof. And by, Oh, absolutely. So you, you're excited about that because <laughs> you're already feeling the buzz, I think, of the other two. Oh, no, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> this guy. Um, well, Padres must have scored again. We'll get they must to that have. In a little we bit. Close that yeah, door. can you, you shut that now that we're in the? Well, now that we're in we the. We probably shared enough of the game with her. Yeah. yeah. Babe, enough. Oh, she'll about be the cat. She'll be fine. Yeah, she's gonna survive. You know, worst case is. Yeah. <laughs> you can still water. hear the game, which is weird. Like I said, this is like your life, right? You know, you just got. It's called. Uh, you, you have those little sound machines, <laughs> right? So I can just tell. I, I won't tell her, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Turn on something. Little background noise. All right, let's taste this one. Oh yeah, let's do it. I'm excited. Yeah, ooh, that might have the most interesting yeah, nose. Yeah, I'm excited that. about that one. The nose is definitely different. But again, bottle and bottle. It's more closer it's nose be... to here. What do you mean? That's a good one. It's a, and, and you know what's funny? It's almost in between. No nose, less throat. It is. You know what it is? It feels... um. You know, these feel really full going down, right? Correct. I mean, it's almost like a... It's, it's like you can, syrup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one feels a little bit empty. A little right? bit it's thin. Just, it's really thin. Yeah, yeah. And I like oh. Evan traditionally as like your everyday. It's like, you know, the Jack, the Evans, the... Right. The... What other one do we have? I don't know. The other ones of the world. The that are kind of like this. Nice. Yeah, yeah, oh, Pendleton. Yeah, I thought yeah. you were going to go with that one tonight. Well, yeah. Um, no, I got a, a bottle of, of that at home. Yeah. Um, uh, hey, Canadian whiskey. Had to get something that was new. That yeah, was that's... Fun. That's true. That's amazing that we tried that one. But I have never tried the bottle and bond, Evan Williams. So... So this is three new ones for me. I'm having three for... Oh, you normally have the 46? I've only had the 46. I'm going to go for a second take. And what was the one that I told you I was going to uh, bring that I, I had no idea? I think you said the Double Eagle. Yeah, the Double Eagle, yeah. Yeah, 12 yeah. years or something like that. Something yeah. like that. $14,000 a bottle? Yeah. No, that's not going to happen. Well, come on, dude. All you got to do is just like ask that. Weatherbug to send you some money. Oh, no. No, that, that deal is done. You know? <laughs> I know. Weatherbug's no more, right? Now it's all they, about the they, apps. They actually, yeah, I mean, Weatherbug was sold um, to an ad tech company. Oh, okay. Um, the application was. Well, the I would assets. think that's the Apple weather app at this point, right? Well, you, well no, there's a, there's a company that was in the advertising technology space that okay. used the application for local geotargeting that would power... Because if, so if you had WeatherBug, right. all the other applications that were on the phone would mm -hmm. have all the geotargeting capabilities. Got because it. Makes sense. WeatherBug was the only app that people left running all the time. Got it. And so if your other apps weren't on, they had no idea of your location, ah. so they couldn't deliver ads. So they figured out a way to connect one connected app to others. So that it, yeah. So I want you to pause that thought because yes. you just hit on something that I think everyone in America wants to know. But we'll Which get is, that at the end. No, uh -oh. I've got it. I'm going to keep that. Everybody question. in America wants to know it. And I'm supposed to have some sort of a perspective on that? You just gave us perspective, but okay. I think I think I pulled it out of you, oh, not wow. on purpose. Wow. So the last part, I don't know. It's, well, a it's a closing question. It's a closing question. It's a wait for it. So wait for it. The, no, I won't. The last part of, before we, not the last part, but right. I want to talk about from Washington, D.C. to where you are now, being oh. a VP of this company. Like, give me the story between there and, and uh, you know, a couple transitions without getting too techy. I want to know your story. Perfect. Microwave tour. Uh, very fast. Um, the pivotal event was after leaving Earth Networks, um, standing up a company called Altum Digital, which had two of my patents okay. that originally authored in Earth Networks, acquired out of there to run my own agency. Okay. 
stood that up, had a president come in and run it, okay. and then started running my own consulting agency. Mm -hmm. Spent a lot of time with a company called BiSafe to where helped them redo their uh, technology, not too nerdy, but it was a, a new e-commerce security uh, platform that they had okay. patents on. Okay. Helped them beef up those uh, patents and found other applications for it, and we ultimately were able to do what's called OEM. Uh, yeah, that of course. technology to uh, Semantic Corporation, okay. and that ultimately became a big portion of their overall security suite that they sold off. And now that technology is effectively almost ubiquitous across every e-commerce transaction. Okay. So similar effect of what we were trying, what I was trying to have on kind of the weather and the environmental monitoring space, I saw that there was a serious threat to buyer confidence in buying transactions online if an online retailer wasn't guaranteeing their transactions, and it wasn't backed by an institution who could who could do due diligence on the seller okay. and protect the buyer if something went wrong. Okay. And so that was what our patents were around: is e-commerce security and guaranteeing transactions. Okay. And so that became um, a catalyst for me moving to uh, the Silicon Valley area and working with Symantec. Okay, so went to DC help. to Silicon Valley at this point. Okay. And that's what brought me there, right? Because um, I really wanted to move west because I was I was over DC. Of course. You know, the seasons there, um, one good season, but it was too short, fall. Uh, <laughs> winter too cold, uh, summer too, too muggy, muggy, too many freaking gnats. You, you owe me it, a soda, it, bro. It, it's not, exactly. Uh, I knew that term. It's bro. not the Washington National, this is the Washington Nats, Nats. Because that's what you get. You get a spoonful of gnats, oh, a absolutely. teaspoon for every 18 holes you play. Yeah. You want to play some golf? Ready? Come on. Absolutely. Nats are yummy. Or just jog. Oh, God, it's just horrible. And, you know, Why are your teeth dark? I don't know. I you know, in your, in your eyes and your ears and your nose, I just remember that. And yeah, so I was really over it and <laughs> took the first opportunity to move back west. <laughs> yeah. And had a great time in uh, San Jose uh, downtown. Yeah. And lived there. Um, and had had the opportunity, which was an interesting part of my job at Semantic, is that I had to train the team in Cape Town, South Africa. Okay. That a hundred. Uh, sales development reps that were trying to sell our new product, and right. so I had to go down there for a few months and yeah. train them. So that was yeah. a that was a nice. That would stint. be nice, yeah. But uh, yeah, so that was what brought me into the uh, into uh, Silicon Valley area, and, and loved it. And you know, then a friend of mine. Um, a funny thing is the uh, gentleman I now work with again, mm -hmm. uh, who I worked with at um, at Earth Networks. He and I are back together again okay. on Client Point. He's our CEO. Uh, at this company, and, and you're the uh, VP. Yeah, so I run strategy and revenue, um, and so I'm on the executive team. Right, and we're we're uh, we're having a lot of fun, and it's a yeah, what a what a crazy year though. That's right? unreal, right? The, the, it's the, been a crazy year though, I mean, for everybody. That's what know, I mean. The, yeah. like you were saying, and I appreciate your comment on your email when you were talking to me. You said, "You're, you know, you're like, it's been a crazy year, but I'm way more blessed than you know, like you." Way too many other people are having. A much worse time right, than I am. Right, right. I mean, you can't it, complain. It, is what you're oh saying. my god! Yeah, yeah, no. I can. I still do because I'm just a whiny little boy. <laughs> but you know, it's still you know we. Everyone's always, everyone's got their own thing. Like it's yeah. not to that point where it's like tragic, but at the same time, it's like we all are having our moments. Whether oh, yeah. it's being home and just banging out your computer, <laughs> yeah. and that's all you can do. You can't go in the office. You can't associate with people. Everything's via video and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. So it's been a long 16 months of like, and, and when we met, like I said, it was kind of things were opening up. Yeah. This was just about six weeks ago. Kind of there were dividers yeah. at the at the blind borough down the down the way. Yeah. Um, we were just having drinks, separate quarters, you know, and, and, and allowed to do our thing. And then we're like talking through plexiglass, <laughs> which is a weird dynamic. It you know? is, it is. But, um, you know, I think that in all, I guess what I'm trying to get at is your journey has been from a tennis guy. Yeah. To a tech guy, but yeah. not really even under, knowing that that was the direction you were going to go. It just yeah, no sort of happened, right? Yeah, it really was. Without it, schooling, that's that's yeah. what I want to get at. Like yeah. you were spot checking all these schools, but you never got a four year degree. No, no. You just kind of had opportunity because yeah. you were you were there. You were smart enough. You understood it. You were making contacts, and then yeah. people saw your your vision. There was there was something that I learned that it, that sticks with me uh, every day, and it goes back to um, the discipline that athletes have to have. 
or anybody who's going to accomplish any level of Correct. excellence. Right. But in, in your case, because you were an athlete striving yeah, for it, something, it applied you just there. picked up. Yeah. But the life lesson that I learned is, you know, in the in the art of mastery, which is it's a very disciplined science. Um, when you when you think about, and many people are, are familiar with uh, Dr. Erickson, who's one of the godfathers yes. of the science of performance, and he he, he hypothesized that there was four quadrants of behavior and performance, right? Is you, is, and many others have written about it and kind of riffed off of it, but I always like to give credit to those who I thought maybe had one of the more original thoughts that sure, helped transform sure, sure. other thoughts. And, and his hypothesis was about the, the direct correlation between the amount of hours you spent, a purely self-actualized assessment of your mental and physical skills, okay. combined with your monetary capability to ensure <laughs> that you have the best coaching, the best inputs and the outputs, those are the variables that can really affect somebody's ability to learn anything. Whether it's you're gonna spend 20,000 hours uh, learning how to be a doctor, is that free? Okay. Right, and yeah, no, no is, it, is, it, is it free of, you know, of all these other constraints that um, really can become both inspiring but also inhibitors for a lot of people. Right. And and so, but one thing that is always, that I love about that, you know, any science or any rule is that there's so many exceptions to that, that rule to where those that, you know, against all odds, uh, they did not have mm -hmm. all these means, but what, what they did is their motivation moved them beyond the means. I was going to say, surpassed the means. It yeah. surpassed it, and, it, and, it, and, and it, those are the ones that I, I kind of stop and, and awe at. And I go back to one of my favorite historical characters, Giordano Bruno, right? What a journey that guy had. Mm -hmm. Don't know who he is, but you're... Well, oh, first, first I one... I feel stupid. No, I mean, the first one to imagine, <laughs> to imagine that, you know, beyond what Copernicus was doing, yes. that, hey, you know, the Earth, you know, maybe... Yeah, the, maybe. The, maybe doesn't... Maybe everything doesn't rotate around it. Right, right. Maybe. Yeah. You know, don't put me on the cross and burn me to death for it, but I'm just saying. Uh, but he imagined something even far greater, is that, wait a minute, maybe this isn't the only one. Right. Maybe there's actually other life forms. Right, right. How do you think that went? Yeah, not good. 1400s? <laughs> so yeah. anyway, he, he died a horrible death, but he, he sent a great message. <laughs> I love that. Uh, you know, anyway. Uh, anyway, really a horrible bad. death, you yeah. know, and it was just really horrific and had a, just a terrible life, but he did send something across sure, the ages. Sure, yeah. Is that, you know, the courage to seek the truth is something that, that humans in our evolved state, when we get outside of our own ego and our own bias, right. we'll always go back to our ability to recognize patterns. That's good. And and that we can truly connect with, with, with the human beings that we are and disconnect. Hopefully, this is my hope for mankind. If not, I think the faith is pretty shitty. Uh, is that we are able to disconnect. Because if I would have grown up and maintained the same bias that I grew up with. Of course. Down Louisiana, yeah, yeah, yeah. And things would be different if it never evolved, right? right? I would look at the world completely different. That's Everything that happens is a hundred in the stories I would tell. Yeah, the messages I would send out across the universe could be completely skewed. Right. I don't know if it's any more right now than not. Sure, sure. But at least my perspective is is I, I'm a hundred percent convinced I have zero knowledge. Right. I'm a hundred percent convinced that at some point in time in the future, everything I believe today will eventually be proven to be false. Okay. And I think there's that same element with every human being because there's too much out there that we've yet to discover okay. to help us really be certain about anything. Right. No, I got right? you. And no, so I love, the, I love the journey of perspective. And, okay. And usually you find that there's no tension in perspective. Sure, sure. There's no... Because it's perspective. Yeah, it's yeah. not that I'm right it's or wrong. Uh -huh. Yeah, exactly. It's I'm, just right. Right, right. It's just perspective. My perspective right like now it. is I'm thinking I like this one so far the best. That's just my yeah, perspective. Yeah, and you haven't had your other one, but you already know that. I already know like, where yeah, that yeah, one's yeah, going, yeah. but this one was the most interesting. That was the most unexpected. That was, for sure. And I'll, I'll drink it, but I'll probably add a little Diet Coke to it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only one we're adding Diet Coke to, right? Yes. Okay, good. So I, I have two more things. Um, yes. Drink that. Oh, soon. gosh darn it. Because we have a 46, I have two questions, and, mm. and we'll get to them not so much quick, but mm -hmm. I think this story will be quick, and then the last point that I was going to bring back oh, earlier. Oh, yeah, that one. Uh oh So we're going to taste this after the first question. So okay, my first good. question is I want to bring up, um, you mentioned that you've journalized certain oh. things every day for 33 years. Yeah. So 
just tell me where that came from and 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 is that part of your success and what you do today and what where, what what happened there because yeah, 33 I, years puts you back in the 20s no offense i think that's about where you're at yeah 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 so and that was really where um because i think journaling is important or keeping notes yeah. and things so when well, it first sure. started it first started with art pads okay. right so even if if you really think about you know your your first um art doodle book. pad or art book yeah right. yeah that little I, I yeah, still sketch have those, paper, right so it even goes all the way pads. back to there it's just in, in, and then I started putting stories and experiences, and then it started moving from you know just words and pictures to, then it started turning into business plans and, okay. and patents, and then all these other things. So yeah. I still have all of my journals on right. my bookshelf back nice. here. Um, but beyond that, is the digital journal asset is probably ten times greater than that. Okay. And the usage of what my passion was uh, growing up as a kid, which was art first, right. uh, second was uh, sports. Right. Um, it allowed me to really express myself through all these great tools like PowerPoint and Photoshop. And, and so where I provided a lot of value to companies to where I come in as a strategy consultant is that I wouldn't have to go contract out to have all the PowerPoints built. To oh, have, because that was oh, your thing already. I yeah, just already yeah, knew how to yeah. do that. And so I just Very applied cool. that and built experiences that would help me effectively sell my services mm -hmm. better. Right. And that was just something that I, I loved doing and in, in, in the, probably the, um, it's kind of a weird thing to think about, but there was one ad that I created for American Express and it was only ran on the weather bug. And it was such a silly, you know, graphic that right, I created right. for him. But we didn't, at the time, we didn't have a graphic design team and we were selling these experiences on Weatherbug right, that right. you had For, to know how to operate. The thing. And so any one of these ads, we ran it, and, and then we did the math. It had like a billion impressions or something. Right, and right. It's like 50 million people. I was going, yeah, yeah. okay, so how many people's art is viewed by that 50 people. million people? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so you, you, you know, it was just one of those weird things which really compelled me about advertising and why I started getting into it and started to think point. about that dynamic. Okay, so what replaces subscription? I mean, you said, you know, will cable ever be free? Yeah. Right? It will, will Netflix ever be free? So what replaces that? What makes that obsolete? And that was one of the questions that um, I'd asked that led me to the discovery of this interesting... Uh, uh, I assume ads is what you're saying, right? Well, it's different. It's slightly different that okay it's if you're willing to have a relationship with a brand not just agree to look at their damn sure, ads sure. it's like i am willing to because you know people if you think about it they're they're always buying something of course and if i knew let's say if i knew that i needed to buy a car it's coming up and i knew that i could get my netflix uh for free if I agreed to, you know, Use. see or even agreed to just say, you know, I'm going to go ahead and buy again from you mm -hmm. and you make commitments to brands and they basically underwrite of different course. elements of experiences. Right. Then you go, OK, well, what's going to disrupt the buying of the automobile? OK. Right. And so you start kind of going down this path. You say, well, wait a minute. Why does all this crap cost so much money? Why does that chair cost it? You know why? Because you got a hundred companies trying to build the same damn chair. Right. Limited resources. So the disruption to all things from a monetary perspective, I challenge us all to think about it, is what happens when we're purely a resource-driven economy? Okay. That brands don't bring capabilities to market. Humanity solves problems together in a jointly funded effort. Okay. And if not, you know, for me to solve the the uh, the technical crisis of you know uh, encryption, for example, twenty different companies going at it, okay. we're all competing for the same hires, right? We're all stealing each other's shit. Right. We none of us are launching the best that we can because we're underfunded, we're under resourced because we're spending too much on marketing and sales, pretending like we're where we should be. We're not there yet because we are inefficiently going to market mm -hmm. because we're not resource driven. We're 100% monetary driven, which leads us into these, these, how might you say, solutions looking for a problem. Okay. So if we got rid of all the solutions looking for the problem, my math is, is we might have, might have a couple thousand companies left on okay. the planet. Okay. Awesome. Right. Now, but what do we do with all the resources that left these companies that are really obsolete? Right. 
it's a resource-driven economy. Humans are resources, and we can leverage those resources and do it in a way that brings solutions to market more quickly mm -hmm. so that we don't have to have these made-up jobs that we can do with automation. Right. No, I mean, there's so much made-up work that we do just because... I, I literally saw them dig up the, the, the sidewalk here mm -hmm. and put the same damn sidewalk in. I said, what are y'all doing? And they said, well, the concrete's been here a while. We had a couple cracks. Yeah, the two quarters. And they've been, they've been jamming on this stuff for, like, it's like... It, They're they, just making shit up. Yeah, just the it, it's just like and, yeah. and you know, and I'm just thinking about all the you know the the carbon waste and all right, the stuff right, that's right. going on. And you say, well, in a resource-driven economy, that wouldn't happen, right? right? right. You just always be looking and saying, no, no, it's not what's shovel-ready. It's not right. what's politically correct. It's not what's what's politically expedient. It's not what some politician or a corporation said. Hey, this is what we need to do. We say, no, no, no. Humanity as a whole, right? We're we're you know, as Sagan warned us, yeah. uh, in the little bl pale blue dot, right. uh, this is our, where we make our final stand. Right. Right. Well, uh, well, the last Resource-driven economy, we got this. We can make this pivot. Yeah, we can. We got this. But it's going to take a few more shots. It's going to take a lot more work. Woo! I'll tell you what. One more, one more. Yes. And, and to be honest, I'm going to go through, uh, first of all, this is his, by the way, so this is good stuff. Like his. So we got Makers 46. Now, obviously, this is just this is just a good whiskey mm. altogether. Oh, yeah. Love makers, love forty six. It's a little bit notch above regular yeah. makers, but just sure. the regular makers for a house. Yeah, super good. Oh yeah, mm. and it's chilled slightly too, mm. which yeah. for me always softens it. You know, if something's yeah. a little hot on the yeah 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 on the throat, then a little the bit cool. Of chill. Yeah, well, that's why you, you can have it on ice, but you don't add water. You're not adding water. You're just chilling Correct. it. Correct. Yeah, in Correct. a neat portion, in a neat fashion. Mm. So, I have one last. Thing, and that was to bring back the weather bug slash how you were talking about how the other apps didn't have access to, you know, the location oh, and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to finish up, we know that today's world, mm -hmm. and it sounds like you would know a little bit about it. Today's world, you know, we can be talking about something, right? And then the next thing you know, your phone brings up an ad mm -hmm. for that particular product that you were having a conversation about. You know, it, it happens, right? Mm -hmm. Or you search. Mm -hmm. And then three days later, it's That's like we have sales and yep. all this stuff. Okay. Yes. So whether they're listening, I'm not talking about that. I'm not doing a conspiracy. I'm just yep. saying you were talking about how Weatherbug was the only app that had access to location, right? Because mm -hmm. it was always running. Mm -hmm. That was a long time ago. Mm -hmm. So I feel like to, how does that all tie in? And I'm not talking about Big Brother. I want to know mm -hmm. technology-wise. Mm -hmm. And we're wrapping up. So a short answer. Yes. How does that, how does that happen? Like yeah. how does how does that link where you search something in the algorithm yeah. or you say something satellite like, circling in a geosynchronous orbit at sixty thousand feet okay away okay or sixty thousand miles away from mm -hmm. Earth right mm -hmm. um, and so that's why there's so much fear about you know space and debris okay uh, space espionage um, Big is, Brother watching kind it, of it was sense. not Big Brother right. it's what controls right so if you have the, the satellites perform not a, a, it's more of a geospatial awareness of what's going on on the planet right it's what allows your car to navigate okay the only reason this is one of the funnest the, this is one of the funnest uh, uh, parts of the job in working in a security company with semantic mm -hmm. is we got to ask ourselves the question imagine if you will that every car on the road is driving autonomously okay and then somebody hacks 60,000 miles away and now all of a sudden sends every car on the road in any direction they want. That is the greatest threat, and one of the reasons why autonomous driving um, is uh, is going to be a challenge on a ubiquitous scale. Makes sense. Until we have what would be considered an impossibility, which is an impenetrable security scale, to where you could actually take control over devices at scale. Got so, it. so we've got to, and, and there's a technology hurdle that we've got to get to. I'm not going to sure. get too nerdy sure, to, sure, to get sure. there. But that's one of the, and, and think about it as well, one of the greatest threats we were saying, okay, today, if you get a pacemaker, uh -huh. you can monitor that through the, the internet. Right. Sounds great. Yeah, it sounds fantastic. So somebody freaking hacks it and shuts your heart down. Right, right, right. So we were asking the questions about, you know, at, at, at what point and how do you control access and do it in a way that leads to adoption? And then how do we not have foolish adoption that absolutely leads to calamity? Okay. Because we are literally one policy away from one major hack and sending 100 million cars hurling into... Wherever they wherever, want to go. Yeah, wherever yeah, yeah. some hacker okay. wants to send them. Wow. Can you imagine? That's scary. That is a global uh, challenge with what's called the Internet of Things. Okay. The more our devices get connected... Yes. 
Right. The more reali realistic that Which is becomes. why the silly argument always comes down to is, so is it going to go the path of, of, of peaceful collaboration, or is it going to be the Terminator, right? Okay. And those are just futurists, as sure. as we think about it. You know, every futurist is actually a science future fact writer. Okay. There's no science fiction; it's just science future fact. Of course, yeah, yeah. And so they're predicting. Yeah, you have these two crazy outcomes, but they're very polarizing, and they get to some point in time that requires that. I think if humanity's not in a resource-driven economy, and we're still driven by the oligarchs that make decisions based on profits, right. we will go Terminator path. Okay. If it's controlled by humans, right. <laughs> and we're in a resource-driven economy, then it's going to go in a, in, a, in a path that is going to be More something that allows humane. humans yeah. to survive. And the thing will not make whiskey obsolete. Got it. So, as we said, you know, everything is eventually obsolete. Got it. And let's make sure that this is one of those things we wait. <laughs> At least as long as the dinosaurs. I mean, hell, they were here for 250. Exactly. 250 I mean, million years. I mean, yeah. we can be here for at least that long. We're not even here, what, now a million? Yeah. Hopefully, um, a little more bourbon, a little more conversations <laughs> with you is going to help get That'd us there <laughs> a little faster. So um, I'm very excited. There's there's a few other characters who, who, who uh, I'm sure would love to come here and talk in a different vein. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in a similar vein along uh, along these lines. Yeah, so, well, uh, you're more than welcome <laughs> to bring it on. I, I, I will tell you, it has been, uh, my mind is blown. I mean, honestly, you're, you were, uh, I think if people are watching and they understand what they saw tonight, it was a guy just taking... Like you, you just you were just doing your thing. Like you weren't even like you just that's what's in you the whole time. Like that's what you think about. That's how you your your mind is just always working. And it's not even like a theory. It's just how you see everything. And it's not ra it's rare to meet. I mean, I'm sure there are people like you. Like within, oh, yeah. meaning in my mind, it's not that I run into people like you all day that can just talk about that stuff and just it just comes naturally a, to them. Well, there's a there's a um, little known uh, thing about. Um, some some people you're, you're familiar with, sure. uh, and I would never put myself in this this realm. But there's there's the blessing and a curse to um, any level of, of exceptional competency you ever get into, and it, it starts to tap into that that level of OCD. Yeah. If you if you think about the greatest athletes of all time, right? They're an absolute mess. Correct. They have an army right. around them, and so I, I'm a bit of that same kind of a mess with a with a with a hyper focus around transformational things that I believe are absolute certainties mm -hmm. that are coming right um, that kind of hopefully meet people at a, at a point to where it solves a pretty major yeah I was gonna say you're you're, you're here to do things though you're, and, you're here to do good stuff try which you're is see if I work. wasn't here to just do good things I might have gotten paid more I might have you know instead of you know just a thousand like square Dr. feet Evil. I might have might have floor number 23 that's got like 3500 right, square right, feet right, you know right right, right. but and, you're that yeah. human side that goes the good way and that's that's the key, and that's try. why we're sitting here. Try. Yeah. That's all we can do, try. If you were down at the blind borough and you were talking about blowing shit up, I'd be like, I'm not interviewing this guy. <laughs> no, not unless it was you know, something fun we were going to blow up. Like blow up in the desert, like a couple cars, but not like bad stuff. Yeah. Right, right. No, not, nothing nothing destructive. That was, <laughs> you were talking about going to Vegas good. with strippers or something. That's oh, no, different. Yeah, no, yeah. no. <laughs> totally not. Uh, but yes, thank you so much. I mean, this was really good. I'm, I'm excited. Hopefully you got a lot out because I feel like you did. And I think a lot of people are going to like either go, holy God, this guy is like just smoking circles around the world and he's just doing good things. But how can oh. someone find you? Like, oh. are you, are you other than just, yeah, I'm very guy? discoverable. Um, you don't, Work too hard. Just type. Just type Shane Lundy into Google. I'll be the first clown that shows up. There you go. S H A N E L U N D Y. Connect with me. Say hello. Um, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, I one of the things that I I, I love to do is uh, there was a uh, I used to do dinners with entrepreneurs. Okay. And they would invite me to dinner uh -huh. for me to buy them dinner. Okay. And I'd love to do it. I but I said there's one rule. Is when I show up. Part. Whenever I show up to buy you dinner, right. you need to present to me the way that you would present to an investor for your business. Okay. And here's the framework. Tyler Boone. And if you don't get the framework right, uh -huh. dinner's on you. Oh, okay. And I very rarely uh -huh. had them buy dinner. Oh, good, good. Because I always got to buy dinner. And it was right. so. It was liberating for me um, to. To do it, because I remember so many people paying it forward to me and yeah. just spending yeah. time and saying, "Dude, I know you want to, you know, get out of the tennis industry sure, sure, sure. and you want to do other things. Right. How can I?" And it's that. So people who are intensely curious, um, I love. 
And oh, so if you're it. intensely curious uh, about maybe your business, uh, you're wanting to start a business, you have a business, you're struggling, feel free to reach out and um, hopefully we can figure out a way to help out. And, well, listen, yeah. that's amazing because I've got several people, at least one in mind for sure that I'll hit up after we get off oh, the 100%. show. Oh, 100%. Um, but I just want to say thank you to Shane tonight. I no, appreciate you. you just being like open, like, you know, your story, yeah. your intelligence, your, 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 your passion, <laughs> it all came through for sure. Oh, um, you. and just, uh, you know, me and Shane will be obviously, you know, friends. I'm hoping. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if I'm sitting in his couch, you know, after only meeting one night at the blind burrow, I can't imagine. <laughs> it could be trouble. I'm, you know, hey, we're about to go on the rooftop. Road. We're about to go uh, watch the game. <laughs> yes, we are. So I'm excited to finish up the Padre game on his seventh floor. Or and and I'll just say, you know, one more final thing. And it was one of my favorite, uh, quotes that I wish I could give credit to. I think it's been reused so many times. I don't think anybody has credit. Uh, but it goes, it goes back, I mean, thousands and thousands of years, and, and, and the basics are this. Um, you know, chance favors the prepared mind. And make sure that the mind is prepared with truth mm -hmm. and seek to challenge everything that you might believe is true today, but really challenge yourself to ask all the difficult questions and, and seek to uh, solve real problems out there in the world and um, leave a legacy. Cheers. Peace. See you guys later. Thank you. Have a good night.